but there is no spiritual growth without a steady diet of the Word of God. And if you remember a couple of Sunday nights ago, we got into this great psalm, and we looked at the names and the nature and the necessity of the Word of God. Now, without going into a lot of repetition, because I got a little ground I want to cover tonight, remember now, in this 19th Psalm, God reveals himself in a twofold manner. First of all, God reveals himself in the nature, in science, in the natural wonders. It opens up and says, the heavens itself declare the glory of God. And I don't use this word loosely, but very Reverently, it takes a fool to look at this world and what God made and deny his existence. And so God speaks, God reveals himself, the heavens declare the glory of God. But in the text, he not only reveals himself in creation and nature, but God reveals himself through his word and we call it the Bible. Now, I believe the Bible is the great revelation of God because it tells us God's name, who God is, how we can know Him. When I look at the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the ocean, the trees, that tells me there is a God and He's very powerful. But it doesn't tell me who He is and how I can get to know Him. But aren't you glad when you pick up the Word of God... It not only tells you there is a God and He's powerful and He's awesome, but it tells me who He is and how I may know Him. And I believe tonight before us is one of the greatest, greatest revelations of how God speaks through His Word. Notice in Psalm 19 tonight, verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 9. Verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is what? Perfect. What does it do? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. What does it do? Making wise the simple. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are what? They're right. What does it do? Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure. What does it do? Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. And I love this statement, the last statement of verse 9, and righteous all together. I'm glad tonight you hold in your hand the book, the Bible, The Word of God. And of course, I love verse number 10. No wonder it says, More to be desired of thee than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey, and honey, and the honeycomb. So I'm glad tonight for the Word of God. Now, verse number 6 and verse number 7 is a wonderful uh, description of the Word of God. It gives you the names of the Word of God, what it is, and we covered those. We'll get it in just a moment. Then it gives us the nature of the Word of God, what it is. But then it gives us the necessity of the Word of God, what it does. So I want you to say those three words with me. The names of the Word of God, the nature of the Word of God, and the necessity of the Word of God. Now talk back to me just a moment. Make it easy for me tonight. And don't make me yell at you. Can I get an amen? Say that with me. The names of the Word of God. The nature of the Word of God. And the necessity of the Word of God. Let's look quickly again. And then we'll get into my thought tonight. But there are several names given to the Word of God in verse 7 and verse 8. Verse 7, it's called the law. In verse 7, it's called the testimony. In verse 8, it's called the statutes. In verse 8, it's called the commandments. In verse 9, it's called the fear. And in verse 9, it is called the judgments. 
The Bible is the law of God. It is the testimony of God. It is the statutes of God. It is the commandments of God. It is the fear of God, and it is the judgments of God. In other words, when you put that all together, the Bible is God's final authority. And aren't you glad God said what he meant and meant what he said? And the Bible tonight is to be reverenced, it is to be honored, it is to be lived, it is to be obeyed, it is to be observed. And there is no reason for anybody claiming to be a Christian not understanding what God wants and expects out of our life because it is in the Word of God. And I want to add again, as long as I'm pastor of this ministry, We will never set a certain date and say, okay, come this certain date, we're going to vote whether we still believe the Bible or not. And on the order of that, we're not going to give one blessed red cent to any denomination or organization that has to vote whether they believe the Bible or not. And my tithes and offerings ain't going to that stuff. I mean to tell you tonight, whether we vote on it or not, it's still the Word of God. And a couple of weeks ago when I was going through this, I made a statement that was kind of harsh, and and some, a couple of you looked at me kind of funny, but I want to reiterate that. If every preacher in the world, including myself, denies the Word of God, it'll still be the Word of God. If every church in the whole world turns their back on the Word of God, it is still the Word of God. And I love the way that it's named in the text. Let me read this list again. The law, the testimony, the statutes, the commandment, the fear, and the judgments. Let me say again, therefore, it is not up for debate. It is to be believed and observed and practiced. Now, I want you to come to the second part of these verses where the Lord not only gives us the names of the Word of God, but in these verses, He gives us the nature of the Word of God. He tells us what the Word of God is. And in verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 9 are six, what I call six, descriptive terms that tells us just how wonderful the Word of God is. Let me read them to you. Verse number 7. Underline in your text the word perfect. The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. In verse number 7, underline this word. The testimony of the Lord is, underline that word, sure. Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are, underline that word, right. Notice in verse number 8, the commandment of the Lord is pure. Underline that word. Verse number 9, the fear of the Lord is, underline that word, clean. And the end of verse 9, and the judgments of the Lord are true. Underline that word. I'm glad for those six descriptive words Of how wonderful, listen to me now, that book you're holding in your hand is. Someone said, what is the nature of the Word of God? Well, number one, according to verse 7, it's perfect. Can I get a good amen right there? The Word of God is perfect. Verse number 7, the Word of God is sure. Because it is perfect, it is sure. Look in verse number 8. The Word of God is right. God got it right. And if you'll believe this, you'll believe right. The Word of God is right. Look in verse number 8. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is pure. You're holding in your hand tonight the pure Word of God. Verse number 9, I love this, the Word of God is clean. 
It is not only perfect and sure and right and pure, but it is clean. The Word of God is clean. And look again in verse number 9. The Word of God is true. Now, I don't know about you tonight, but you can't get much more descriptive than that. And by the way, you can't get much more wonderful than that. Because we're living in a world where not many things are perfect. We're living in a world where not many things are sure. We're living in a world where not many things are right. We're living in a world where not many things are pure and many things are clean and many things are true. But hold up your Bible real high tonight. You're holding in your hand that which is perfect. That which is sure. That which is right. That which is pure, that which is clean, and that which is true. Remember this, there is no substitute for the Word. Remember this tonight, there are no contradictions in the Word. Remember this tonight, there is no comparison to the Word. Remember this tonight, there is no compromise in the Word. Remember this tonight, there is no end to the Word. The Word of the Lord endureth forever. I don't want to be repetitious, but I love just saying these six words. Are you ready? The Word of God is perfect. The Word of God is sure. The Word of God is right. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is clean. And the Word of God is true. Therefore, it can be trusted. Therefore, it is worthy enough to live your life by. Therefore, tonight, it is worthy enough to raise your family by. Therefore, tonight, it is worthy to build your eternal future upon it. You can trust the Bible tonight. You can rely on the Bible tonight. It is good for you. It will not hurt you. And it is so wonderful, you can with absolute confidence share it with those that are around you. I'm glad tonight for the perfect Word of God, the sure Word of God, the right Word of God, the pure Word of God, the clean Word of God, and the true Word of God. There's a series of words that begin in I. And I'm going to see if I can give you these without getting tongue-tied. But you're holding in your hand tonight. You say, I thought you was talking about the originals. That's the difference between a liberal preacher and a fundamental preacher. A liberal preacher will tell you, well, there are some parts somewhere that might contain the Word of God, but a fundamental Bible preacher will tell you, God has preserved His Word in this book. So here you go. You ready? begins with the letter I. You're holding in your hand God's inspired Word. You're holding in your hand God's impeccable word. You're holding in your hand God's infallible word. You're holding in your hand God's indispensable word. I'm glad tonight for the inspired, inerrant, impeccable, infallible, indispensable. I think I got all that out. Word of the living God. There's people in this room tonight old enough to literally probably remember your mother or especially your grandmother during the summer. She would pick the blackberries or she'd pick the peaches or whatever and she would can them. Now, I don't know why they called it canning because it was always in a jar. Ball jar. Now, some of our people are from North Alabama and up in Tennessee, and they use that jar for something else. Not preserves, but what they had, it would preserve you. How many like blackberry jam? Tell you how redneckish we were. We'd grow the watermelons, 
and we'd pick the watermelons, Brother Bill, and eat the watermelons, and Grandma would take the rind and make watermelon rind preserved. You say, is that good? It is on a hot biscuit. And for you modern ladies, it'll even make a brown and serve roll taste good. But you, you, you go up to your grandmother and say, let's say it's Thanksgiving. Grandmother, grandmother, I like some strawberry jam. I'd like some peach preserves. I like some of that watermelon rind preserve. She's not going to say, well, go out there and pick you some, honey, and I'll make it. Because they're not growing out on the vines in December. She'll say, you really want some? Okay, honey. And she'll go to the basement or go to the outbuilding or go to the shed. And she'll come in with that ball jar. And you, you can always tell when what we call took real good. Because that first little twist, it took a big old rag. And it... <laughs> man, you open that jar and it smells like blackberries. It smells like strawberries. It smells like watermelon rind. You take a spoon, or if you're real from the country, take your two fingers, run it in there, and eat some of it. And guess what? It tastes like blackberries. It tastes like watermelon rind. It tastes like pear. It tastes like it. You know why it smells like it and tastes like it? Because that's what it is. The reason why it looks like blackberries and smells like blackberries and tastes like blackberries, cause it is blackberries. The reason why it looks like watermelon rind, smells like watermelon rind and tastes like watermelon rind, that's what it is. It is watermelon rind. But hold on, are you ready? It not only looks like that, it not only smells like that, it not only tastes like that, it is that. And not only it is that, but it's the same that that was put in there when it was that. It not only looks like blackberries, tastes like blackberries, smells like blackberries. It's not only blackberries, but it's the same one. It not only looks like watermelon rind, smells like watermelon rind, tastes like watermelon rind, it is watermelon rind, and it is the same watermelon rind. Can I tell you tonight, when you open up the Bible, it smells like the Word of God, it tastes like the Word of God, it is the Word of God, and it is the same Word of God. Because God has preserved His Word. Now, I'm not knocking your grandma. I'm not knocking mine. But if my little simple grandmother from the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia can pick some blackberries, years down the road still looks like it, smells like it, tastes like it, because it is, then God, who is sovereign, righteous, authoritative, and eternal, and big, and powerful, and awesome, don't have any problem speaking His Word. And a billion, zillion, trillion years from that moment still be of the authority and the clean and the pure and the true and the perfect Word of God. Hallelujah! You can trust your Bible. Here's what I want to anchor down just a moment. I see the names of the Word of God and I see the nature of the Word of God. But real slowly tonight, let's read verse 7 and verse 8 again. And let me do with the last part of this, the necessity of the Word of God. Not only what is the Word of God, but notice what the Word of God can do for you. And in the light of that statement, not only I want to say, look at what the Word of God can do for you, look at what only the Word of God can do for you. Keep that in mind as we plow through verse 7 and verse 8. You ready? Say that first word with me. The law of the Lord is perfect. But notice the last line of verse 7. Converting the soul. Underline that. Converting the soul. Look in verse number 7. The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. Underline this one. Making wise the simple. 
Look in verse number 8. The what? The statutes of the Lord are what? Right. What does it do? Rejoicing. Underline that phrase. Rejoicing the heart. And the last part of verse number 8. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure. What does it do? Underline this phrase. Enlightening the eye. So in this verse, not only does it tell us what the Word of God is in its name and what the Word of God is in its nature, but it shows us the necessity of the Word of God, what the Word of God does and what the only the Word of God can do. Let me give you these four statements found in verse 7 and verse 8. Number one, what will the Bible do? I love what it says in verse 7. Say it with me. Converting the soul. Let me plow there a little while. I'm glad the Bible has the ability and the power to convert the soul. Someone said, what is so important that the church teach and preach the Bible? You want to get anybody saved? It converts the soul. You said, what is so important about our track ministry and passing out tracks? Because it contains the Word of God and we want to get somebody saved. The reason why I stress to Brother Tom and the other singers in the church, sing songs that are scriptural. Sing songs that are biblical. I've heard some songs lately, ain't nowhere near the Bible. And let me scratch an itch while I'm at it. You or no other sinner ever met Jesus in the Mississippi mud. If you meet Jesus Christ, you'll meet him at the cross where the blood was shed. I didn't meet Jesus in the baptistry, whether it's in the baptistry in Walt Stevens or the creek on Cripple Creek Hollow. No, you don't join the church to be saved. You don't get baptized to be saved. You don't have the Lord's Supper to be saved. You believe the Bible to be saved. It converts the soul. You can read a magazine and it won't change your life. You can read the Wall Street Journal and it won't change your life. You can read a mystery novel and it will not change your life. You can read a history book, a science book, a geography book, an English book, and it will not change your life. But can I remind you tonight, if you will dive into the Word of God, it will convert the soul. It'll work a change in your life. Tonight, I believe on the authority of the Bible, I can make this statement. There is no true, genuine, eternal, life-changing salvation apart from the Word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I was a little boy one night, and I went on visitation with my dad. And he went to see this man that had visited the church. And my dad said, sir, I need to ask you. I mean, I want you to come back to church, but I'm not here to invite you to church. I'm here to invite you to Jesus. Are you saved? Are you a Christian? Have you been born again? Do you know the Lord? He said, I absolutely do. Dad said, tell me about it. Tell me about your salvation. He said, oh, Pastor Arthur, I was down there one night in the cotton mill. Now, you young people have no idea what that is. But he said, I was down there at the cotton mill working on a loom. How many knows what a cotton loom is? You come out of there, if you ain't death, you got asbestos in your lungs. And said, I was at that cotton loom one night. While I was on the third shift, I looked in that cotton loom and there was a red light on one side. And on the other side, there was a blue light. And in the middle was a green light. And those lights merged together and a mirage of lights overwhelmed me. And that's how I know I'm saved. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Daddy, what are you going to do with that? 
And ladies and gentlemen, only a redneck from the South would answer it like this. Sir, you don't got salvation. You got gas. I don't know what he's got, but I'll tell you one thing. The other morning when I couldn't breathe well, I'm glad I had more than a light here and a light there and some kind of mirage. When you're going through the heartaches of life, aren't you glad you got more than two lights running together? When you're facing the battles and the storms and the troubles of life, our hope is not built on the merging of some lights or some experience or some two hot dogs and too much pizza. I'm glad, bless God, the Word of God was preached and I heard the Word of God and it went off like gospel dynamite in my soul. And I'm telling you tonight, I know I'm saved tonight because the Bible said it. The Bible declares it. The Word of God, it converts the soul. That's why we ought to preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. I'm not trying to trick you tonight, but how many believe what I said a while ago? There's no true salvation outside of the Word of God. You really believe that tonight? There's no true salvation outside of the Word of God. Now listen to me. If that statement is true, and I believe it is, if there's no true salvation outside of the Word of God, what's going on in these churches where the Word of God is not preached? I'm just asking you tonight, what is going on in the religious climate of the day when the Word of God is not preached? I cannot imagine any denomination, of course there's, it's happening, but it just blows my mind that a denomination would have a Bible college or a seminary that were training men to pastor their churches and lead their people. And teach them things like, well, the Bible has errors in it and some of it is right and some of it is not right. And do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, what a slippery slope that really is? I'm glad that I was raised by a preacher that preached the Word of God. Let me go back a bit. What kind of Word of God? The perfect Word of God, the right Word of God, the true Word of God, the sure Word of God, the clean Word of God, the pure Word of God. What does it do? The Bible said it converts the soul. I'm glad for the history of the Bible. I'm glad for all of the wonderful stories of the Bible. But the Bible said in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believeth the word of God to get you saved. Can I say that again? The word of God will get you saved. I remember when I began to study the word of God on my own. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you're religious but lost, you start reading the Bible. You'll find out. If you're not right with God, you start reading the Bible. You will find out. If you're wondering where you're standing with God tonight on the brink of eternity, you just start reading the Word of God. And as you read the Word of God and God speaks through His Word, if you're not saved, the Holy Ghost to reveal it to you. But He'll do more than reveal your lost condition. Hallelujah. He'll point you to a hill far away where stands an old rugged cross. And the Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Aren't you glad tonight? The Word of God, it converts the soul. I believe I could be safe in saying tonight, there's salvation in the Word of God. Sing it, preach it, teach it, shout it. Tell it, live it. Thank God the Bible converts the soul. Some of our older members from the old tabernacle may remember a little fellow. And he came to church for several years and he sat on that right-hand side next to us. His name was Brother Pate. And when we moved out of that building, that royal blue carpet, tell you one thing, 
That church would blind you. Remember the royal blue? There were two worn out places where he sat. Because I'd never seen nobody sit like this in church. He's not only rocket, but he's moving them feet the whole time. And the faster I preached, the more he, faster he moved those feet. And he went to a church not far from here. And every January, they would pick a book of the Bible to study. And so the pastor said, Brother Pate, you've been a member here for 40 years. Why don't you teach this year the gospel of John? I'd be glad to, brother. That's how he talked. I'd be glad to, brother. And this is this man's own testimony. He said, Brother Joe, I began to read so I could teach the gospel of John. He said, I began to study every line. I began to study every word of the gospel of John. He said, that first chapter got me tore up immediately. I realized in that first chapter that I was studying something bigger than me. Because it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Whoop! And the Word was God. And he said, Brother Joe, by the time I taught my way through chapter number 3, where Jesus looked at the best religion could produce and said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, you must be born again. And he said, every time I'd read that, something say, you ain't got it, you ain't got it, you ain't got it. He said, I called my pastor. I said, can I come by to see you? He said, come on by. He walked into the pastor's office and said, all right, what's your problem, Mr. Pate? He said, I ain't got it. Preacher said, I ain't got what? I ain't got chapter 3. Well, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I say unto thee, you must be born again. He said, that preacher stood up and put his arm around him and said, Mr. Pate, you don't cuss, you don't smoke, you don't drink. You've been a member of this church for 40 years. You're an upstanding member. If you ain't got it, I ain't got it either. He said, preacher, I don't know what you got. I don't know what you don't have. But I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm about to find out. He dropped on his knees in front of that liberal preacher. Called on the Lord. Believed the gospel. Got saved. And as far as I know, he's the only man that got voted out of a church because he got saved. You heard it right. Got voted out of the church because he got saved. Let me tell you what got him voted out. He tried to lead the pastor to the Lord and all the deacons to the Lord and they weren't about to get saved. Boy, that first Sunday morning at the tabernacle, that little choir began to sing. People began to shout. That's before I had any sickness. And I preached like fork it lightning, son. I mean, you could smell the smoke. God was all over that little church. God was moving. And I saw my paw and I thought, Lord God, he's a bull. He's going to charge me. And Sonny came up after church. He said, God have mercy. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He said, I told my wife. She wouldn't even come with it. She said, I told my wife, I'm not going to hell for you. I'm not going to hell for my family. I'm not going going to hell for my reputation. I'm not going to hell for my preacher. I'm not going to hell for my church. He said, preacher, I'm saved. I got born again. The Holy Ghost lives in me. I want to tell you tonight that book you're holding in your hand. It's the powerful, the authority, the sovereign word of God. And it will convert the soul. Mm. You cannot Read it, and read it, and hear it, and hear it, and it not change your life unless you turn a deaf ear to it. The Word of God, what does it do? It converts the soul. Let's look at the second phrase in verse number 7. What does the Word of God do after it saves you? Notice what it said in verse number 7. Making wise the simple. Say that with me. Making wise the simple. Now, in your King James Bible, when it uses the word simple, it's referring to ignorant and unlearned. Kind of say this tonight, you could be educated and be ignorant and unlearned. 
You can read and write, Joanna, believe it or not, and spell and still be ignorant and unlearned. You can understand aerodynamics. You can understand biology. You can, you can understand all the mysteries and be ignorant and unlearned. Simple. Simple in the Bible means ignorant and unlearned. Simple-minded, ignorant and unlearned. But what does the Word of God do to those that are ignorant and unlearned? Verse 7 says, making wise the simple. Someone said, Brother Joe, somebody in my family told me I wasn't too smart. Really? Are you smart enough to realize you were a sinner? Were you smart enough to realize that Jesus was the only Savior? Was you smart enough to trust Him wholly and completely for your salvation? Have you totally believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Then you're not ignorant and learned. You're wise. You're wise. I never cease to marvel at the world. They're trying to figure out what's wrong in the inner cities. What's wrong in our country? Why do people have drug addictions? Why do they have sex addictions? Why do they have alcohol addictions? Why is this world seemingly falling apart? And you and I are sitting back going, we know why. We know why. We know why. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we've got wisdom that the world knows anything about. And we got it through reading and obeying the word of the living God. It'll make wise the simple. Let me say this tonight, some of the smartest people, or let me use this word, some of the most wise people about life I ever met were people that believed the Word of God. You know, the Bible says that God made male and female. That is as simple as it can get. Can I say this to you tonight? Either you is a guy or you is a gal. You've either got X's or you got Y's. Anybody here love pocketbooks? Raise your hand. You're a woman. Anybody here hates to go shopping? You're a man. And can you believe, anybody besides me, marvel at the ignorance you see on the television? And what they argue about, what they fuss about... We already know that. You say, how you got enough sense to know that? The word of the living God. Oh my, the word of God to make wise the simple. If you want wisdom in your life and knowledge in your life and direction in your life and substance in your life, get in the word of the living God. It'll take a simple person and make them wise. Because the power is in the Word of God. It converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. I love number three. Look in verse number eight. Watch what the Bible says. Rejoicing the heart. Say that with me out loud tonight. Rejoicing the heart. You say, what will the Bible do for you? Well, it'll get you saved. What will the Bible do for you to give you some wisdom? But what will the Bible really do for you? It'll make you happy. It rejoices the heart. I'm telling you tonight, this book is wonderful. It brings gladness and it brings joy. When you start feeling blue, Get out the book. When you're about to be overwhelmed with depression and anxiety, get out the book. When you're about to go in full-blown panic attack, get out the book. Boy, when you face one of those dreadful days, and it takes all the strength you can muster to put one foot in front of the other, Get in the Word of God. 
When someone has wounded you and maliciously maligned you, get him the word of God. When your confidence in leaders have been uh, shattered, get him the word of God. When you're feeling sad and lonely, get him the word of God. In the darkest of night, in the deepest of valleys, in the most dreary day in your life, what will the word of God do? Because it's pure and clean and perfect and powerful and authoritative and eternal, it will gladden, it will gladden, it will rejoice the heart. It will give you some joy along the way. Tonight, if I were to go visit these Convalescent sinners. There lays someone tonight dying with terminal cancer. I could lean over their bed and say, Hey, here is a winning ticket to the $9 million jackpot. I just want to say this tonight. If you win that jackpot and you don't tithe off of it, God help you. I didn't say go play it, but if you do and win, we want the tenth. You say, that's the devil's money. He's had it long enough. But you can lean over that bed and say, here's the ticket. That's not going to incite them. You take an old timer, live for God on his deathbed, two or three heartbeats away from heaven. Lean over that bed and say, hey, here's the keys to a brand new Rolls Royce, Mercedes, Cadillac, F-150, Dodge. That's not going to phase them any because they're too old to spend the money and too old to drive the car. But son, if they know Jesus, lean over and say, Are you saved? Have your sins ever... And them steroids that do wonders on the man, you hear? Hey, home in heaven, saved by the grace of God. Jesus is coming. They'll say, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It rejoices the heart. My, I've stood by the bedside of sick and weeping and dying saints and quoted a little bit of the Word of God and the gloom faded away and that was joy, that was a peace. I want to tell you tonight, the Word of God will gladden the heart. It'll gladden the heart. When you're lonely, get in the Bible. When you're sad, get in the Bible. When you're depressed, get in the Bible. When you feel blue and gloomy, get in the Bible. When you feel like you can't go on, open the Word of the living God. And there'll be something in there. Whoop! That'll put a little joy along the journey. I don't believe tonight you can read phrases like, God is my refuge and a very present help in the time of trouble and not be glad. I don't believe tonight you can read words like, I will never leave thee, no. Amen. I don't believe you can read. I don't believe you can read. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I don't believe you can read tonight. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't believe tonight you can read words like the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. I believe when you read the word of God, it rejoices the heart. It lightens the load. It smooths out the journey. Thank God for the book tonight. What does it do? The Bible says in verse 7, it converts the soul. The Bible said in verse number 7, it makes wise the simple. Verse number 8, the Bible says it rejoices the heart. But notice the fourth thing the Bible will do for you. Look at what it says in verse number 8. It enlightening the eyes. Say that with me. Enlightening the eyes. The eyes. Let me run a rabbit real quick. That's why I preach from this King James Bible. It's beautiful. 
It's not just right. It's not just perfect. It's not just holy and pure. It is beautiful. And you can always tell when somebody's monking with it because it leaves the beauty. It, it just it don't sound right. You don't get any more beautiful than these two verses of the Bible. The word of God converting the soul, making wise the simple, rejoicing the heart, and enlightening the eyes. You say, what will the Word of God do? It will open your eyes. It'll let you see things like God sees them. Can I say that again? It'll let you see things like God sees them. You know why people that believe the Bible and live by the Bible and honor the Bible and obey the Bible, you know why they have such a wonderful life? Because they're not trying to walk in a world blindfolded. Every time I read the passage in the Bible about the blind men, I think about my grandfather on my mama's side. Some of you don't know this story, but when I, my wife's, when my mama's daddy was three years old, his daddy was a Church of God pastor in Birmingham, Alabama. His, his, his brother became a bishop of the church of God in Alabama. I'm telling you, it runs in my veins. My daddy was a Baptist, so don't throw me out. But he was playing with a knife. It's a three-year-old preacher's boy in the parsonage. and slipped and cut his optic nerve, and he went blind overnight. And my grandfather lived the next 70-plus years in a world of darkness. When I was a little boy, I can remember him reading. You ever seen anybody read a Braille Bible? I have all volumes of that in my basement. He had that white cane with that little red tip on it. And I'm telling you, I was amazed at what Papa Shaw could do. He'd get on a bus and he'd beat you to wherever you were going. Play the piano, play the guitar. I wasn't alive to see this. This was before I was born. But my dad said one day, their 57 Chevrolet wouldn't run right. And of course, some of you don't like Chevrolet. You don't have any problem believing that. How many remember when a car had a carburetor on it? I'm like Gomer. Andy, it won't help the looks of it none, but it makes it run better. My dad saw my blind grandfather take a carburetor apart, clean it, and put it back together. Honey, I can't even do that when my eyes open. But he could taste that screw, taste that hole, feel it. It's mind-boggling. Never seen. But I felt so sorry for him. Every time he'd come to one of dad's different churches or a new house or new trailer we lived in, before he could familiarize himself, I've seen him bump into doors, walls, I've seen him come sometime, have a little bloody place. What happened, granddaddy? Oh, I, I, I wasn't familiar. And I bumped. And to me, one of the most saddest things in the world is watching somebody trying to walk in a world and they can't see where they're going. Tonight, you know why our cities are war zones? You know why this world is living like pure hell and wickedness unbridled because they're trying to live through this world staggering like a blind man. But I wonder if there's anybody in this tabernacle tonight. Hallelujah. You remember the blessed day when you saw the light. God opened your eyes and you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now you know how to be a husband. You know how to be a wife. You know how to be a citizen. You know how to be a mama. You know how to be a daddy. You know how to be a Christian. You know how to live. You know how to walk. You know how to pray. You know how to worship God. It's opened your eyes. And that's what the word of God does tonight. It enlighteneth the eye. Let me summarize it and close with four words that begin with the letter D. You ready? Number one, there's deliverance in the Word of God. It converts the soul. The Word of God will deliver you tonight. 
Number two, there's discernment in the word of God. It makes wise the simple. Number three tonight, there's delight in the word of God. It rejoices the heart. And then number four tonight, there is direction in the word of God. Because you know what it does? You know what it does? It puts light in our path. Isn't those two verses wonderful? Let's read them together before we go home tonight once again. You ready to begin in verse 7? The what? The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. And what does it do? Converting the soul. You ready? The what? The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. And what does it do? Making wise the simple. Verse 8. The what? The statutes of the Lord. What are they? They are right. And what does it do? Rejoicing the heart. The what? The, the commandment of the Lord is what? Pure. And what does it do? Lightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean. And it does what? Enduring for how long? And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. And according to verse number 10, it's better than gold. And it's sweeter than honey. Once again, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. The Bible. Will you read it this week? Will you study it this week? Will you live it this week? Will you make it a priority to live your life according to the Word of God? It's milk. It's meat. Better than gold. Sweeter than honey. And I'm glad it'll say the same thing tomorrow. It said today. Because it's the unchanging Word of God.